Welcome to our fourth and final session on Jesus Teach Us How to Pray. Um, tonight we have two speakers. We have Lita, who's going to talk to us about the Lord's Prayer, and then we have Lilani. She's going to share a teaching and testimony um, about how to center yourself when you're trying to um, pray. You know, that's a time when all of a sudden there's a million things you've got to do. So, um, we're going to start, and here's Lita. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be back. <laughs> I have to say it's a miracle we're even here right now because we had no idea when we were coming back. We just were thinking, you know, within a week or two or so, but it was like the Lord just guided us home right at this time, and so it was just meant, I really feel this was so meant to be that I share this tonight with you. And um, I just thank you, Lord, for your peace upon me now as I share, Lord, that hearts be touched for your glory. So this is about the Lord's Prayer, teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Um, Luke 11, 2 through 4, and Matthew 6, 5 through 14. I can still see it now, the chart with the stars in my grade school classroom. Every star that was added next to our names was a proclamation that we knew perfectly the prayers we were asked to memorize. One of the first and foremost was the Our Father, as it's called by the Catholics. In many other denominations, it's called the Lord's Prayer. This prayer was woven in and out of my 12 years of Catholic school, repeated I can't imagine how many times. And the many times I mouthed the words, I never knew their source until years later. And to this moment, I find that so sad that I never realized. What a difference that would have made in the impact of the words to see the setting of where the Lord's Prayer began. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, Luke 11.1. 1. I imagine, and I saw this so clearly as I was writing this, I imagine the look of love in Jesus' eyes as he gazed at those around him, hungry hearts that longed to be able to communicate with the Father as they had seen him do so many times. Tonight I see him looking the same way at us as we're gathered here in his presence to look deeply into this treasure he has given us in the Lord's Prayer. Revelation within the words. Studying the Lord's Prayer phrase by phrase, we gain an expanded perspective of each part. So I have broken it down into six, about six parts. The first part, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just thinking of our heavenly Lord and Father has me in awe as I read of all his name encompasses in the following scriptures. The Lord is a strong tower in Proverbs, God, the God of Israel in Genesis, Most High God, Genesis, Everlasting God, Isaiah, the one who sees, Genesis, God Almighty, Genesis, God of recompense, Jeremiah, the Lord who provides, Genesis, the Lord our sanctifier in Exodus, the Lord who strikes, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel, the Lord our banner, again in Exodus, the Lord our healer, in Exodus, the Lord our shepherd, Psalms, the Lord of hosts, Isaiah, the Lord of our peace, Judges, the Lord who is present, Ezekiel, the Lord our righteousness, in Jeremiah. He is our all-providing Father, now and forever, 
His essence is above us in heaven, as well as surrounding us on the earth. And his name is hallowed. And I found that so interesting because just before, I had no idea I would be sharing about the Lord's Prayer, but I had been thinking about the name hallowed for some reason. I think that's such a strong word. I mean, what? And so I was just, it really touched me. So then Donna had asked me to share about the Lord's Prayer. So, um, but I've been pondering what the word hallowed means, and it means sacred, worthy of complete devotion, praise, and thanksgiving. As we remember all our Father is to us, we can do no less than offer all we are to him in worship. Uh, and I was sharing this with Donna. When I pray the, the uh, Lord's Prayer, I have a thank you in there because all of you that know me when I pray, I'm always thanking God. <laughs> so it was like I say, thank you for my daily bread. Thank you for, it's just, it just comes naturally to just say it. So that's just the way I do it. But anyway, I wanted to share that. Um, so, um, the second phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here we can pause and think of specific people and areas in our lives where we pray to have our Father's will manifested in our own personal lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our pastors, in our church, in our vocations and ministries, in our leaders. In the lives of certain people the Lord brings to our minds and in the lives of all people in our city the list goes on praying the will of our Father can be hard to do but I see it as one of the strongest acts of faith releasing our perceived hope of an outcome into his hands is the ultimate act of trust as our loving Father he reminds us that his will is always perfect and we can rest assured that it will always be for the best the third phrase, give us this day our daily bread. I used to think that this phrase referred to only providing our daily meals, and I really did. <laughs> it was only about, you know, Lord, give us our meals for today. Um, but it means so much more. I believe it also encompasses daily spiritual nourishment. Moreover, we are asking for our Father's blessing, provision, and prosperity, but not only for ourselves. Our Father calls us to expand our hearts to see beyond our own needs and wants. He is calling us to envision prosperity for our families, our church, for others that we know, and for those that we don't know. When our requests move beyond us, our hearts are truly a reflection of our fathers. The fourth phrase, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The Lord knows that it's not easy for us to forgive when someone has offended us. When we say the words of this phrase, we might see those who sin against us standing out in bold letters and highlighted. How can our fleshly selves forgive somebody who has offended us? Within these few words, he gives us the answer by reminding us that he is a forgiver of our sins, that we are not blameless. We ourselves must be forgiven. It is not enough to gloss over the words regarding forgiveness, leaving them in a broad context. We have to pray these words with determination, with a setting of our wills to forgive those who have offended us. It could be a spouse, it could be parents, children, other family members, church members, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, friends, the list goes on. I have found that when I pray the name of the person or persons involved, I sense the love of the Father in a profound way. He touches my heart with the love he has for that person and the love he has for me. So like there's a real connection of the love. It just is 
Awesome. From this perspective, divisions can begin to evaporate. We must never forget that one of the enemy's greatest tactics of destruction is offense. The fifth phrase, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As I pray these words, I found it helpful to have the specific temptation to struggle or struggle written down. There's something about seeing a situation in writing that brings clarity. Together with specific scriptures that speak into the circumstance, we have a powerful weapon to use against the enemy. Also, as it is written in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, putting on our armor is essential in keeping the enemy at bay. And we need to remember that daily. I need to remind myself daily to have the armor on. Our Father is our deliverer. He can and does destroy the fiery darts that the enemy tries to hurl at us. He is our Father. It just, I just, I was overwhelmed with his love as I was writing this. We cannot even begin to fathom the endless love he has for us. When we cry out for help, he hears and he responds. And as always, he calls us to widen our perspective, to look beyond ourselves, to realize how powerful our prayers of intercession are for others. It is our perseverance in prayer that will break the demonic chains in the lives of those caught in the clutches of the enemy. Through our persistent prayers, they can be rescued from the shadows and drawn into his light. Phrase number six, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. With these words, there's no other place our eyes can be than on heaven. Our Father is calling us to seek first the kingdom of God. Recognize that all power belongs to him. Without him, we can do nothing, but through Christ, we can do all things. All glory belongs to him. When men see our good works, may they not see our face but rather only his, that he may be glorified. I am so blessed to have been able to share this with you tonight. I mean that sincerely because, like I say, we weren't even supposed to be, be here. So in working on this presentation, the Lord has shown me the contrast of the little girl I was set on memorizing the words of a prayer to achieve a gold star in comparison with what happens when we dig deeper and find the treasure of his revelation inside the words. I will forever stand in awe that Jesus himself has given us the very words to establish a deep personal connection with his Father. This being said, I never want to underestimate the importance of memorizing the scriptures, for he is calling us to do both. As we write his words upon our hearts, he will lead us to the revelation that is within them. And what we find there will always be priceless. Thank you so much. So that was my... <laughs> and I was so blessed in writing it. Just a real blessing. Thank you. Thank you for being here and listening. And we know God is touching all our hearts for sure. So, and now we have Leilani. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> I feel really blessed to be here. Um, so the um, first of all, I just want to pray and ask God, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, for this platform that you've given me to share this for your um, glory. Uh, let your words be spoken tonight through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
So, um, about two years ago is when I became a Christian. And when I became a Christian, I was invited to a prayer night. And, um, you know, I accepted, I went, and it was more like a prophetic prayer night uh, where, you know, you talk to people and um, basically God speaks to them and then they would give you a word. And I was so fascinated. I mean, God just put that in my heart. I was just like, oh my God, I love this. I want more of this. And I, ever since then, I just started really looking into prayer and it was something that I just really like, was really strong in me. But as most of you know, you know, life gets really busy and we get so caught up with um, just every day, I'm a new mom, uh, my husband is, you know, is a non-believer and you know, he requires a different kind of attention. And uh, just work and everything in life, you know, just get busy. And I felt like prayer was just kind of like slowly just sitting on the back burner. And, um, but God is faithful. And uh, not too long ago, he just gave me this, this uh, scripture. So the way, the way God has been speaking to me is through scriptures. And he gave me this scripture. And this scripture I'm going to share with you has really, really blessed me and um, Help me in many areas of my life that's been in my, in my workplace, in my marriage, um, my new role as a mom, and now also in my prayer life with him. So the scripture is Hebrews 12, 11, and it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So discipline. I'm thinking, hmm, discipline. That's hard. <laughs> um, and then slowly after that, God um, gave me, so I've been reading a lot online um, about prayer lately, and he gave me this guy that I love to, it's, it's blessed me a lot, and it's drew me closer to him. The first time that I wrote this prayer down, I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to pray. Maybe I should be praying. Um, and it was more like, I need to, I should, I have to type of thing. Um, when I started doing it, it became like, wow, this is really good. Like, I can't wait, because usually I pray at nighttime, and it was like, I can't wait to get home and just start praying. It was, it went from I need to, I have to, to I want to. Like, I just love that, you know, one-on-one with God. And so I pray that this will bless you as well. So if you turn over to your page on the back, we'll start with the first one. It's a little guideline. Um, the first one is surrender any idols that you have to God. So before you go into prayer, you want to make sure that you lay down any idols. And any idols could be anything. It could be your cell phone, social media. It could be your own kids. It could be something that you're just thinking so much more than God. So God hates idols. God is the only person. So first and foremost, you want to make sure you lay down any idols. And second, you come to God with thanksgiving. You praise and you're humbly. So uh, you can sing your own song or melody or worship God and declare your gratitude because God is good. There's so many things to be thankful for. Just the fact that we're standing here breathing, it's just wow. Um, So there's so many things to be thankful for. And then third, you want to confess your sins, ask for forgiveness. So think of it like a house. For example, the Lord is in the house You don't want to barge into anyone's house like you own it. You want to enter with gratitude and humbly. 
You don't just walk into anyone's house and be like demanding anything. Why would you do the same thing with God? Why wait until you're at that moment where you're like, God, help me. Just, you know, reach over to him. He loves a humbly heart. So come to him with humbly and, add it in, um, and confess your sins. Anything that you have, we all sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And there's always something. And even if you don't remember any sins, just say, just lay it down and say, Lord, like if I don't remember, forgive me for for anything that I don't mention right now. Okay, number four is present your request to him. Share what is in your heart. So this is a moment where you can just really like open up to God and share what's in your heart and um, share your needs and your desires. God already knows them, but he wants you to share with him. Uh, be open and honest with him. And then... Um, Number five is basically shift your focus and focus on the Lord. So after speaking, me, 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 my family, my, 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 you, you shift your focus from you to God. So how do you do that? So you read the word of God. So this is when you have a moment to read the word of God. You ask the Lord to lead you as you open the Bible. And maybe the Lord will give you a scripture at this time, um, but you want to meditate on that scripture um, so why do we read the word of God? Jesus is the word of God. So you become confident with, the, with his voice, with his character, his nature, and that's how you become confident in the identifying the word of God. So you meditate on his, on his word and his goodness. Okay, and then uh, next, you pray in your heavenly language. So for those of you who can sp uh, speak in tongues, this is a time when you can pray in your heavenly language. Um, the Lord will usher you into his presence. It's like he's just opening the gates for you to enter. And um, at this moment, you want to be still and hear God speak. You don't just say, Lord, I need this, and then leave. You want to let God speak to you. This is a two-way communication. So um, it's it would be rude if I go to Donna right now and I you know start talking to her and I don't let her you know, tell me anything, and I just walk out. So it's like, why would you do the same with God, right? So you want to take the time and do that same thing. So you, you be still and hear God speak, because God does speak. Yeah. And um, so he can speak to you through, um, through an unction, a knowing, uh, through a still, small voice, or clear thoughts can come through your mind. Uh, he can also give you mental pictures, Ask him what it means when you get pictures. Um, so just hold any anything captive in your thoughts. So when you close your eyes and you just really like let him just pour into you what, whatever he has for you. Um, and then um, then you have a journal. So I recommend that you all have a journal. I have a, it's a pretty journal, but I like my journal. And so, <laughs> so uh, in your journal you want to record it and reflect back. So what God's, everything that you get, if you get a, a picture, if you get a thought, a scripture, anything, just write it down. Okay, and then the next, you ask for his will to be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. So you, you can pray whatever you want, but you want to make sure that you surrender your will to his will. Um, and then next, you ask him to confirm so he will confirm everything through scripture or he will confirm throughout the day. So you want to make sure that you ask for confirmation when you're not sure about something. 
And as you do this over time, you become more confident in hearing God's voice. So don't stop after you submit your request to God. Prayer is a communication between you and God. Don't rush it. Allow God to speak back to you. And um, this has really blessed me um, in my prayer life. Like I said, I look forward to the moment that I get my alone time with God. Um, it really went from I have to do this to like I want to do this. And God is so faithful, like he will be speaking to you. And um, when he speaks to you, you can't go wrong with God's direction. So I pray that this will be a blessing to you as well.